Hi, I'm Isaac, lead pastor of New Hope Foursquare Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Our Sunday services are at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Find out more at www.inewhope.org. Wow, well, good morning. Um, (laughs) Yes, as you heard, I'm Lainey Bliss, and I just want to start by saying thank you to Pastor Isaac. He really has, over the last eight years, been such a champion of me and uh, helping me walk through not only good stuff, but also really hard stuff. So um, thank you. We have a really cool pastor, you guys, right? Really cool pastor. Oh, man. Well, I'm super, super honored to get to be here and be a part of the Women of Advent series. Um, It's been super fun for me to get to learn from my mom, Trish, and uh, my friend, Andrea, over the last couple weeks. And it's also been really cool to get to see how our messages have all really flowed together. Uh, We studied and prayed and wrote them all separately, but God has really brought a united message in our our Christmas season, right? And I'm just super, super excited to get to be a part of it. Uh, But I have to admit that alongside my excitement, if you can see my hands here, (laughs) I am really, really, really nervous about today and honestly have been a little bit terrified. (laughs) A few weeks back, Pastor Isaac asked me to speak today, and honestly, my immediate first response was like, no, no way. (laughs) That is vulnerable, and I couldn't possibly be good enough to speak to the whole church. What was he thinking? What were you thinking? And I I have to say, you know, it's not the stage that scares me, uh, though you might think that it is because in the U.S., more people are afraid of public speaking than they are of death, which, by the way, crazy, because I love being up here. But what really scared me was the responsibility that this opportunity uh, opportunity held. So I was preparing to say, thank you, but maybe next time. And the Lord stepped in and he said, Lane, he used my real name. He said, Lane, I gave you this opportunity for a reason. You need to say yes. You see, it's only been about a year and a half since I finally said yes to the calling God had put on my life. Prior to that, I was a pastor's kid, and I had seen a lot of the trial um, and sometimes hardship that pastors and their families can go through, and as a result, I packed the calling that God put in my heart in a box and shoved it to the back of my mind, of my heart, in order to protect myself. I then spent about 14 years adamantly stating that I will never, and I mean never, be a pastor. Don't ask me again. First of all, I need to say, if you were one of those brave souls who asked me if that was my calling and I did that, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Secondly, I'm going to just direct you to our Stephen ministry team so that we can get you connected to work through that trauma, okay? No one deserves that. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see what's happening here. There we go. I spent so many years running from the calling that God had put on my life when I was young, keeping it far from me. Even still, I have to fight the automatic reaction that says, say no because it's safer, right? I ran from my calling because I was afraid and I didn't trust God with the plans that he had for my life. Well, spoiler alert, Isaac kind of gave me away earlier. (laughs) Ta-da! 
I think we can say that my uh, bark was probably a little bit bigger than my bite. Many here can relate to this experience. God continually asking us to step into things that are scary, intimidating, overwhelming, and frankly, impossible. Maybe God is asking you to leave your comfortable job and start an entirely new career path, or like me, explore ministry calling. My friend and roommate, Lacey, this last year, uh, God asked her to quit her job and go full-time to grad school. She did. She rocked it. She's done. And now she's in a period of waiting for what God has for her next. Others of us have relationships with family and friends that seem irreparable. And God is asking us to reach out for reconciliation. Maybe God is asking you to make a financial decision that seems impossible. And you're thinking, God, I don't know how to do it without that money. Our friend Larry Armstrong, uh, he felt called this last missions trip to Sheo to go. But he was getting down to the line and going, I don't know if I have the funding. Maybe this is not the trip for me. And then he was walking past a dumpster and found almost the exact amount of money he needed still laying on the ground next to it. For some, God is asking you to trade in your comfortable life for something distinctly uncomfortable. Maybe that means moving to another country, or maybe that means saying yes to God and accepting him in your life and his calling for you for the first time. Maybe you don't feel like God is asking anything of you, like he doesn't have promises for your life. This summer, I spent quite a bit of time with our high schoolers, and they are wrestling with this. They're feeling that, wanting to believe that God is calling them into something, but just not sure how to hear what that is, not sure how to know and be confident in that. We see this tension in our world all the time. I just saw Frozen 2 in theaters, so I won't spoil it, I promise, but it is better than the first one, and I will fight anyone who says that that's not the case, okay? (laughs) In it, Elsa, she knows there's something greater for her life. She sings about going into the unknown, right? Where on the other side of things, her sister Anna is like, oh, I got to keep everything exactly the same because change is scary. I don't want change. You guys, this is just a cartoon, but people in our world are feeling these things and asking these questions all the time, enough that they wrote a Disney movie about it, right? The scriptures that we're going to read today are for all of us, and we're going to take a look at the life and calling of Mary, the mother of Jesus who is an amazing example of fearfully stepping in to the big, overwhelming, and seemingly impossible plan of God. Before we get to this, I just want to take a minute and pray. Father, I just come before you in this moment, Lord, and I ask that today what you have to speak to us would resonate deeply in our hearts, Jesus. That this would not just be my words, Lord, but that this would be you flowing through me. Lord, that we would learn more about you and the love that you have for us, Jesus, and what it means to have plan and purpose in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to get some water here. I'm just going to keep it up here. We're going to trust that I don't spill it. Okay, before this... I hadn't really thought that much about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, Honestly, in my mind, she was just the mother of Jesus, you know, like the incubator of the Messiah. (laughs) 
But as I studied her and as we study her today, we're going to discover that there is so much more to who Mary is. Today we're going to be reading in Luke 1 and 2. But before we do, I want to set the scene. Okay, so Mary is assumed to be about 14 years old at the time that the angel came to her. But for our purposes, as Chris Bowlby pointed out, her life was more like that of someone in their mid-20s. You know, a little more like someone like me. Okay, she had a great community and family around her. She was engaged to a really good man with a really good name. She had her foreseeable future mapped out and things were looking good. But God interrupted her plans with this big, impossible task and delivered her some really big promises. So one day the angel showed up and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I don't know why in my mind the angel Gabriel sounds like Thor, you know, God of thunder. (laughs) Confused and disturbed, Mary said, she tried to think what the angel could mean. And he said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. She knew what it took, right? (laughs) The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, who was well along in years, right, became pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So that's exactly what happened. Mary became pregnant with Jesus, and she, alongside her fiancé, Joseph, traveled to Bethlehem where she gave birth to Jesus. Shortly after he was born, the angels of the Lord appeared to the shepherds and tell them the good news, that the Savior had been born in Bethlehem. They rejoiced and praised God for sending Jesus. The shepherds, after hearing this, they traveled to Bethlehem to see the new baby king. It says in Luke 2 that they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had told them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary, she kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. So let's make some observation about these scriptures. First, and I think very simply, is that God loved Mary. She had found favor in him. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I think it's very important for us to remember that first and foremost, God has our best intentions at heart. He loves us. He loves you. He doesn't give us impossible plans and unattainable promises. That's not what people who love others do, right? I think, you know, we see that Mary started out skeptical at first, but as soon as the angel told her about Elizabeth, she was on board, right? Mary believed what the angel said because she was familiar with God doing big things in the midst of difficult circumstances. 
A few years prior to this moment, the people of Israel were in bondage and captivity. And the prophet Jeremiah gave them a seemingly impossible promise. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not for harm. Plans to give you hope and a future. God intends for his plans to give us hope and a future. For Mary, this big impossible plan was followed with the promise of the Messiah, the hope and future of the whole world. Maybe you guys have felt as if you're without a plan and promise, without a future. Maybe you felt as if you're without his love. And today I think that this, this is for you. He wants you to hear that you are loved by him and he has a good future for you. No matter what bondage you're in, no matter what circumstances you think are going to keep you from his good plan, it is there and he has it for you today. You guys, I could go on about this forever because it absolutely gets me so fired up that the devil would try to convince you that you are too broken or too unworthy of redemption. God is the chain breaker. No brokenness, none, can keep you from restoration in him and the plans and promises that he has for you. He has great things in store for you, just as he had in store for Mary, right? All right, my second observation is this. Mary was willing to be used by the Lord, even though she was scared. Luke 1.38 says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What Mary was asked to do was scary and messy, and culturally, she was in a very precarious spot. A quote from R.J. Utley in his commentary on the Gospel of Luke and this time period says this, culturally, women in both Judaism and the Greco-Roman world were second-class citizens with few rights or privileges. You know, we live in a world where, thankfully, we're we're moving towards gender equity, right? Women can vote. We can hold traditionally male uh, positions in the workplace. We can preach. (laughs) We can stay unmarried and childless and still have cultural value. Okay, I am 24 and single, and if I was alive in this time, I would be an old maid. What the? Oh, my goodness. So you can see how, how Mary's marriage to Joseph was her one ticket out. It was her one ticket. And God asked her to risk that. Yet she said, okay, Lord, let's do this. It might have been tempting to try to cover up her pregnancy or make it seem less scandalous. But instead, she was willing to walk along the, uh, alongside the Lord and allow him to do his work. Wow. Instead of walking with her fear. God had a plan in place for Mary, and he is not afraid to get messy. Okay, can I say that again? He is not afraid to get messy. He uses messy people and messy situations to bring glory to his name, to bring hope and a future. Some of us may not be willing to allow the Lord to do what he's promised in our lives. That was where I was. I did not want what he had for me. Or maybe... You've tried to make your plan work in your way, and it's, it's not gone as you wanted it to. Maybe it's a little messy. It's scary to say yes to the plans that God has for us. When we read this story, we get to know it in its entirety in about five minutes. Mary didn't have that luxury. We don't have that luxury. But what Mary could do in that moment was take the next right step to say yes and walk alongside with the Lord. And not her fear. 
She could say yes now and say yes later and say yes again and again and again, over and over again. You guys, sometimes saying yes means we just have to take small steps towards what God is calling us to and trust him. As my mom uh, reminded us a couple weeks ago, while God is doing his work over here, he's also doing his work over here, right? And sometimes this work that's over here is just the small steps of faith that could be as simple as submitting an application, sending a text to a friend, going to an informational meeting, right? And those small things, they lead into the great big picture that God has for you, and it grows faith. God was looking for someone who was willing to be a servant, If you're here this morning, you are like Mary. You want to follow God. You want him to lead. You're here. You're saying yes to being here this morning and hearing this message. You guys, saying yes. This was Mary's response, and it would later be her son's response when he says, not my will, but your will be done, God. Faith for us will always be stepping into God's plan and out of our own. Today, you can make that next step. Today's the day to say yes. All right, my third observation here is that Mary trusted that God would do what he promised. Mary knew what God had promised her, and that was that Jesus would be the Messiah, and she had to cling tightly to that promise Luke 2.19 says, Mary, she kept all these things in her heart, and all those things are what the angel had told her, what the angel had told the shepherds about Jesus and her life. She kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. The devil doesn't want the promises of the Lord to take place in our lives. So he's going to do everything he can to keep us from believing in those promises, And when we hold the promises of the Lord way out here, there's a lot of space between those promises and me, right? There's a lot of space for the devil to come in and whisper his lies that sound like truth and say things like, you just want to be there because you want attention. You aren't even good enough to talk to your friends, let alone talk to people here. Those are the lies that start to sound like truth. And when we hold it way out here, we leave him room. But when we take those promises in and we cling to them here, We keep them tight and we think about them often. That's where the Lord works, right? That's where the devil doesn't have anywhere to come in and lie to us because it's here in my heart. Mary spent 30 years raising Jesus and trusting that God would do what he had promised. There's 30 years between the birth of Jesus and the beginning of his ministry on earth. And Mary dealt with a lot of life in that time. That wasn't just dead space, right? (laughs) She dealt with things like that she was a young mother. We believe she had other kids. Maybe she was thinking something along these lines. How am I supposed to raise Jesus to be perfect and holy when I can't even manage to get my kids out the door in the morning? (laughs) Who's been there? I've been there. I've not only been the kid keeping you from getting out the door, but I've been the one trying to get him out the door. You guys, at some point, Joseph passed away. Oh, Mary was hit by life just as we are today. And things happen to us that try our faith and they try our trust that God is at work. This very wise old man, my friend Gandalf, (laughs) (laughs) you laugh, but I actually think he's my friend. (laughs) 
when he was confronted with the hardship of life, he says, all we have to do, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. We get to decide how we're going to react to life's hardships. Are we going to push the goodness of God away? Or will we grab it and bring it in and hold tight to those promises that he gives us and think about them often? Maybe you have been waiting for 30 years for God to fulfill the promises he gave you. My mom, she told a story about my brother Dexter and how he was adopted. She waited almost 30 years before that dream got to take place and Dexter got to be a part of our family. Maybe you're right now walking out that fulfillment and God is doing that in you right now and all you're doing is just trying to say yes, trying to say yes to what he has for you. And maybe still you see the promise, but you're afraid to bring it in here because what if you bring it in here and it doesn't happen and you lose it? But I got to say that that is from the enemy. God is going to fulfill those promises. He says it in his word, right? We read it earlier, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, plans for good, not for harm, to give you a hope and a future. He says it in Ephesians 2, 10, You are his masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things that he planned for you long ago. It's going to happen, you guys. He plans it for us. we got to grab them and hold them tight and keep those promises in our heart. You know, as you read through the Gospels, you, get, you begin to see Mary and her, how her first yes led to more yeses. She said yes to this, and, and because of that, she was able to witness some of the greatest miracles in history. Not only Immaculate Conception, right? But then she got to be a part of launching Jesus' ministry in the world at the wedding in Cana, where she said, son, you got this. I know your promises. And then she got to be with him at the cross. And then she got to be one of the women that first saw him raised from the dead. And then after he went to heaven again, she got to be in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came upon this group of believers, the first church. Saying yes means we are going to get to be able to experience and be a part of God's kingdom coming to earth. And I see that in my story. Not only to get to be here now, but more, more than that, I see it with the youth students I work with every week and how God is changing their lives in little ways. A few weeks ago, I was given the opportunity to pray for a student as they cried in my arms because they had heard God speak to them for the very first time. They had felt his peace and love and wanted to walk forward in that plan. And we're like, how do we do that? This is what we get to be a part of when we say yes. God working all things together for the restoration, for the healing, and for the good of us who are here saying yes. God is doing impossible things. He is fulfilling our promises. Our job is just to say yes. Hmm. So how do we walk forward in that? I want to give us a couple points of application here today. The first is that let's take that next step. Is that next step for you towards reconciliation? If you're not in forgiveness or you need to apologize to someone, don't delay. It's a big, courageous step, and it's probably messy. But we have to do our part in moving towards reconciliation so the Lord can do his part in that, right? Next, what is God asking you to do? What's he asking you to say yes to and step into? 
Tell somebody about that today. It becomes a whole lot easier to grab that and pull it in and believe it here when you have other people believing that with you, right? The next thing is that here at New Hope, we desire to see Christians spiritually formed and growing. There are some new opportunities coming up, and we're not even, we haven't heard about them yet, but they're coming. Can we take some time over the next few weeks to just pray about what God is going to ask you to say yes to and you to step into, even before you hear these new opportunities? The next thing is, is the thing God's asking you to do, say yes to Shea? If it is, take a small step. It's a big daunting thing to think about going somewhere where there's cross-cultural strife and whatever that, that uh, the idea of traveling out of the country brings along. But take a small step, say yes to a small thing that is going to the informational meeting. Let God speak to you in that way about what's right for you to say yes to. And then if you also feel like saying yes to the young people in our church, the now generation, not the next generation, consider saying yes to being a part of youth ministry or kids ministry here at New Hope and get to be a part of God doing this, saying yes, bringing his plans to fruition in their life. And then lastly, God loves us. Can we accept that love and believe that we are worthy of the plans that he gives us that he has for us, that he promises to fulfill. We're going to have a time of prayer and reflection. And James and the team are going to lead us in some worship. And there's going to be prayer teams spread across the room. So if you're on the prayer teams, you guys can stand up and find your way to the front or the back. You know, Andrea, last week, she, she talked about how Anna was praying in expectation for Mary and, and Jesus. She didn't know who they were or what they were going to look like, but she was praying in expectation. And there are people in this church praying in expectation for you and the the plan that God has for you. There are people out of this church, out in the world you don't even know yet, praying in expectation for what God has for you. Today, can we step into that and believe in faith and prayer that that is happening? That God is going to bring the plan that he has created for you. That we are in expectation for what he has for us. Allow others to be a part of your plan today. This is the day to be restored and renewed in your promises. You are loved on this journey wherever you're at. Let us be a part of you saying yes today. Thanks.